0: Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Glam Reaper podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer, a.k.a. the Glam Reaper. Speaking of glam, we have a super glam lady on the show today. Mallory of a company called Irene is taking cremation to the next level. So Mallory Green, welcome to the Glam Reaper podcast. I am super psyched to talk to you and I love that you had to double check that I knew how to say your company's name as an Irish person. I didn't even hesitate. Yes. I read very Irish name, not how you spell it, though. And I'm fascinated. You'll have to tell me how it came about, the name, and also what you do. I have lots of questions. So Mallory, I'm gonna leave it over to you to tell me exactly what it is, who you are, and what you do. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Welcome. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited when you reached out, mostly because your name was the Glam Reaper. And I feel like I love glam. So uh, <laughs> yes, uh, it just felt so very glam. suitable. It, it felt very suitable. and really happy to be here. Yeah. So my name is Mallory Green. I am based in Toronto, Canada. My background is in tech. So I've worked in tech for over seven years now, I have a great love for the startup world and I guess like helping people access certain things through technology, making it more affordable, making it more accessible. And Irene came to be, I think, from a mix from my tech background and uh, my upbringing. So previously I worked at a company called Wealth Simple. It was a financial technology company. I joined in September, September, 2014. There was five people on the team at the time and really saw it grow to over 300 employees. We expanded to different countries and it was an amazing experience. But what brought me to Irene is the fact that I'm the daughter of a nurse and a funeral director. And so I always say that the, the conversation around end of life and death has been very normalized for me and really a part of my identity, as much as maybe earlier on in life, I, I was a little bit embarrassed by it just because people were so weirded out when I told them that. It's something that now I've harnessed for good and that's how Irene came to be. And so the word Irene means a state of peace my co-founder and I many years ago were kind of throwing out different words and he came across Irene and he said like what do you think of this this is what it means and I felt like it was really just it was what we wanted people to feel when they were using our product I think it's just like a very sentimental name so we as soon as we heard it we we loved it and and that's how the, the name came to be and most people do not know how yeah. to say Irene I often find that when I'm having conversations I can tell when they don't know like they're kind of walking Around actually saying the name, so I always even in my emails say like I reen but I'm, I'm glad you, I knew that you would know because you're Irish, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and it's it's funny because to me that's a very American. As an Irish person living in America, it's a very American experience. I ha- I used to have a roommate called Efa and Aoife is literally every vowel in the, yes. in the, the language. It's A-O-I-F-E. Yep. So she got called everything. So I get it. Like I'm sure people probably say Areen or various different yes. things. But what I loved about it, and I love that you touched on it, me, my little moniker of the Glam Reaper, and and for all of you who are only listening, Mallory is super glam, and I'll (laughs) I'll put all your links and everything below. But absolutely, fellow Glam Reaper for sure. And although I don't know where I got it, I find it hilarious (laughs) that I actually have the Glam Reaper. But I'm as glam as you get, I don't think. But the irene is also the name for um it's the goddess of peace and spring like mm-hmm. how beautiful is that and also the name i don't know it's maybe it's because it sounds like serene but yeah. i think the name it, it does it just sounds peaceful
1: yes. and i loved
0: that it um that she was a goddess i mean who who would yeah. love that
1: And I think that was kind of, I mean, for us, that was also an ode to women. Like, I think a lot of the time women are the ones making funeral arrangements. They're caregivers often. And so it was really important to me as just a feminist overall to have a name that had a very feminine meaning but yeah no it's it's perfect I mean people tried to say like you shouldn't name it Irene just because it would be hard for people to pronounce but I think that there's a lot of company names that at first it's hard and then eventually they just become normalized right absolutely
0: and I when you look back to any names Amazon Nike I mean I call it Nike you know it's Nike apparently Adidas Adidas I have so much fun with (laughs) the guys in the funeral home about I say vitamins you say vitamins tomatoes tomatoes so look it doesn't honestly yeah. a name is as my mum actually once said and she's gonna kill me for saying this shit <laughs> is to shite uh, you know a smith is to smite like it doesn't really matter <laughs> Mallory tell us what most importantly what does Irene do I love this yes
1: idea. yes um so Irene makes the funeral arrangement experience simple and affordable and entirely transparent and so how Irene came to be in and why we really chose cremation is I was looking at the trends over the next 10 to 20 years and I realized that um, most Canadians today choose cremation as their final disposition so it's over 70 percent of Canadians um, and I think it goes back to what I just said it's about the simplicity it's affordable and it's really flexible they can choose to scatter the remains um, the day after they receive them or they can choose to keep them for the next 10 20 years um some people even can send them to space like There's just like unlimited amount of things you can do with cremated remains. And so I was looking at the trends, as I said, and and most people were choosing cremation. Uh, We have an increasing aging population and and most people were looking for, they were just looking for a. Kind of peace of mind during that experience, simplicity, and so what that looks like on our platform is that they go on our website, they enter the required information, they pay an all-inclusive fee, so we don't have any uh, hidden fees or upselling involved, and then we handle the rest. Um, So we use the exact same industry providers that any funeral home would rely on in Toronto and surrounding areas, and we transfer, store, and cremate your loved one. And and the biggest difference I think for us is that we don't carry the same over. that a traditional funeral home would, which is how we can kind of keep our costs lower. So I think for, like I said, it it really comes down to another option for families. I think that families deserve multiple options and and funerals and funeral arrangements should be as unique as the person that you are commemorating. And so for us, it was just kind of providing a different experience um, during an incredibly difficult time.
0: Okay, so the main, Part that I'm taking from that and I love, which I'm a big fan of, is you're providing a different option. This isn't you saying, oh my God, funeral homes are terrible. This is the worst thing in the world, which I find a lot. um, Sometimes that can be the resistance. It's not just having something new, just allows a family to have a different option. Maybe there's a family out there that doesn't want to go to a funeral home. Maybe there's one that does. If they do, you're not for them, and that's okay. And I think that's where brands across the board across all industries need to get their audiences right is you're not going to satisfy everybody's needs facebook isn't for everybody amazon isn't for everybody myself and my best friend fight over amazon the whole time she hates it i adore it (laughs) it's you know so i do think that's super important and you know it's it's also important to note that you're not cheap because what you're providing is cheap. It's that you don't have the overhead. And a lot of people don't realize exactly a funeral home is a business and I'm sorry to yes. say, and I, I'm going to break that to a lot of people. I'm sure over the course of my career, but I already have, but it's, it is, it has to turn the lights on. It has to yes. um, ha- pay employees. It has to pay health insurance. And so I guess, With all of that, you get to provide those savings to the families. So that's the difference there. What is your opinion, though, on having, on losing, if you like, that physical comfort? Because obviously physical touch is a huge component of comforting somebody. We've Mm -hmm. massively noticed that with COVID. I mean, I know myself as a memorial planner now when I walk into any funeral home, And I can't sort of just even put my hand on somebody's arm as they're crying their eyes out. It's been really difficult. So how do you feel taking that away?
1: Just speaking to what you just said about I've never and will never think that Irene is the be all end all. Like I said, it is another option. I think that there are so many incredible different experiences you can have in the end of life. And for us, it's really about sharing that with families. So whether that's they're choosing cremation or they want to choose a green burial or or something like bio cremation, like just showing them their options is like, that's the biggest part, that's the most important part of what we're doing, I think. And then for us, it's just providing a great cremation experience if that's what they want. So yeah, I think for for us, it was it was interesting when we were building Irene, initially it was a very tech-heavy platform. We, we really, like, we weren't going to include a phone number. It was just going to be for people who just wanted to go online, enter the information, and maybe didn't want to interact with someone. But what we found is, is that most of our families actually always call us before they start the Irene. Process online. So, we do have licensed funeral directors on staff. They're available to speak to our families anytime they want via live chat, email, phone. And what, like I said, like what we're finding is that most families actually do want to call and speak to a licensed director before they make the arrangement, whether that's them describing kind of what they're going through. I know that someone recently was crying to someone on the, one of our licensed directors on the phone. And so, we don't want to lose that experience. And then there's other pieces that we've done as well. So, you can still do a final goodbye if you choose Irene with, through our partner provider um, at their facility or you can go to the our crematorium our partner crematorium you can pick up the remains it's a beautiful location that they have like scattering gardens and, it, and it's really beautiful so I think small pieces that we can still build into that that people feel that there is that emotional connection and they're still being supported and like I said and if at the end of the day they do need to sit across from someone and make that arrangement and feel comfort through that then we would encourage that like, Like that is up to them ultimately. Um, But yeah, I think there's, there's always going to be a fine balance between technology and that human experience for sure.
0: And just so listeners are clear. So somebody has passed away on me i log yep. on to your website which i i actually was doing last night and somebody <laughs> pops up uh, you know message box pops up straight away to say you know do you need to talk to somebody or anything it is very very interactive but obviously and i'm not yep. surprised that you get phone calls because especially nowadays and you know you and i will absolutely attest to this technology has <laughs> yep. it's you know different things happen and, sure. and you're not sure and it's it's hard to trust somebody you haven't physically seen and i know that's yes. a hugely irish thing my dad did business deals over a handshake i mean that's where right. we come from as human beings so you log on you fill in your information you're not putting any yep. critical information on there that's open to stealing or anything like that right
1: no and then no. somebody
0: comes to pick up the body from your home or from a hospital correct
1: mm-hmm. and yep. takes
0: it to a direct cremation which has been massively popular during covid as a memorial creator as a memorial maker we've had so many direct cremations and it's been a very quiet year in that sense for me and i'm looking forward to slash dreading 2021 because i think it's going to be super super busy and i'm excited that people want to still memorialize their loved ones yes and that's something you're not taking away from that and that's what i think For me, with direct cremation, it doesn't have to end there. You can take the remains home and you can have a piss up in a pub, like my dad wants. You can take it and have an elaborate concert. You can have a dinner. The world is really your oyster when it comes to innovation and ideas around what you can do with cremated remains. And so I do want to emphasize that this isn't taking away any possibility of personalization. It's just making... If I if I may be so, you're like the Amazon in in Toronto <laughs> of. of Croatia,
1: but I'm not I Jeff guess. Bezos. I do want to <laughs> say that I'm not Jeff Bezos. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. No. I I think I think at the end of the day, I, I spoke to someone a few weeks ago, and her husband had passed away, and he loved to ski. And so what she did when she got his cremated remains is that she put a little bit of his remains in ski wax and gifted it to all of his friends. And the concept was that he could continue to ski with his friends. I think at first they were probably like, what is going on? (laughs) But honestly, I thought that was so beautiful. Like what a beautiful thing to do. And I think that I do think that's why a lot of people cremation is appealing to them because there is that flexibility. And like you said, in 2020 and beyond, they can host, they can still have a memorial. It's just that the reality is, is that very small piece of choosing burial or cremation has to happen quite right rapidly um and especially during this time during covid i think maybe it it when it happens and most families haven't spoken about it it just makes it feel a little bit easier and then from there they can start making the decisions of what they want to do next Um, yeah and that can be like 20 years from now if they want to make that decision yeah it's it's a possibility
0: now i have so you're only available in toronto
1: Yes, so the Greater Toronto Area, we are licensed in all of Ontario currently, but we're only operating in in Greater Toronto Area currently, yes. Okay,
0: are you a licensed funeral director? I'm not. Okay, you're like Um, me!
1: (laughs) <laughs> you know, I it's funny, I, I thought about doing it, but we have like Jen, who is our lead licensed funeral doctor, she's incredible and like I've really leaned on her throughout this process, and we have amazing directors on staff. So I felt like I didn't need to do it, but I do find myself constantly seeking education. Like I want to do some death meditation next year. I think there's a lot of interesting things that I can do to ensure that I am equipped and I'm, I'm educated in the space, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not a licensed director as of right
0: well, now. Well, and and it's interesting. We're going a little off topic, but I was actually speaking to somebody about this the other day, and what irritates me about a lot of mortality, or more, I'm mortality school, more mortician
1: school. Yeah, what yeah. It called mortal.
0: Yeah. Am I getting the word wrong? Anyway, what <laughs>
1: fascinates
0: me about about school to become a funeral director is that you have, to, you have to do all elements. You may not yeah. go on to do any of 90% of the elements, but you have yeah. to do them all. In funeral homes that I work in, some people just do face-to-face with families. Some people are right. just embalming downstairs with the bodies. Some yeah. people are just cleaning up around the funeral home all of these different aspects, but yet they have to do the full training. Mm-hmm. And for me, I would absolutely love to do the training, but I just do, I have no interest, absolutely no interest in embalming in and right. dealing with the body. I don't want it for myself when I go. I, yeah. I It's not that I don't think it's an, a good option for other people. You ask my opinion, I'm going to give it, but <laughs> I'm just not interested in it whatsoever. And it's frustrating i think that people have to go through certain elements just to be qualified i also don't agree with the fact that and obviously i am based in Mm -hmm. new york is that state by state it's different the fact that a funeral director is in texas couldn't run to help the new york funeral directors when we were at the height of it in COVID. i mean that just seemed bonkers to me that it had to get approved right good god anyway on that, yeah. you did mention on the on your website, and I want to scratch a bit at it. Is you said the <laughs> funeral industry is broken? Tell me more about what you think about that.
1: <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that my biggest bone to pick with the industry as a whole, and 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 I can only really speak. Obviously, I can only speak to Canada. But for me, I think that there is a lack of education for consumers. I think that most people, like I said, they don't they don't plan or think about death where we currently stand as a society. So when it happens, they're heavily depending on funeral homes to guide them through those decisions. And I think that there could be a lot more education and information widely available to families to, like I said, back to what I was saying, to make decisions that are unique to them. It, I don't think that burial needs to be the decision for every family. And I don't even know if the average person understands the difference between a cremation and a direct cremation, right? I think there's just so much more transparency and education that could be involved in the industry. And and a good example of that in Ontario is price lists. So it's mandated that you share your price list, the itemized price list with you, your consumers, but with your customers. But it, it's not... It's not really mandated how you do that, right? So in some cases families are really digging for that information. And to me, when someone has when someone has died I think that's really the last thing that they should be doing is like digging for information. Um, and so f- for me, what I really want to see is more education and more transparency in in Canada in the funeral industry. Because I don't think that will really change consumers what they choose, or I think it will just help them understand what their options are and make help them make informed decisions. And overall, that makes for happier customers at the end of the day. So that's that's really what that what that means to me. I don't I don't know if you read it, and I can send this to you after, but um, the Auditor General just put out a, a massive report in Ontario, just about kind of the the industry as a whole in Ontario. And and there were some like scary things in there that I think need to change. So I would like to see a bit of an overhaul and kind of how the industry is regulated and specifics on how we're sharing information for sure and I mean that's what that's what we do at Irene right like our price list and all of the information is available so to me it's important that by the time someone has hit our funeral services contract they understand fully what they're purchasing and every piece of what they're getting we are not the least expensive option in Ontario there's more options that are more affordable than we are but I think that it's important for people to understand once again what your options are.
0: Yeah absolutely and back to the point of every funeral business is exactly that it's a business so there's always going to be a cheaper shirt there's always going to be a more expensive shirt and unfortunately that's where we're at and it's interesting I don't know if you ever read that Jessica Mitford book I'm sure you probably did or oh what is it what's it called Um, so I'll send it to you after this I think it's the American way of death or I'm always getting it confused with something anyway and I was just brushing over it again last night in preparation for a talk that I'm going to be doing. And it's it's a scathing review of funeral directors. It's written back in the 1960s right. and it's just a scathing review. And it's actually almost comical in, in certain points because it's like she expects funeral guys, she calls them, funeral men, to do everything for free now yeah. granted back then the industry was a lot different and there is a lot of cowboys in in the industry like there's a lot of cowboys in every industry
1: 100
0: and i do think that unfortunately when they mess up it affects everybody and trust as you pointed out at that point when a family is in and they're grieving the last thing they want to be thinking about is price but also one of the foremost things in their brain, unfortunately, is price because not everybody has a bottomless wallet. I do think it's important that people realize it's a business, but I do also think it's important. And it was one of the biggest bones of contention in my first book, Say Farewell Your Way, where funeral directors called me in Ireland. So I wrote a funeral planning book about funeral planning in Ireland, and I had a whole chapter on cost. It was the only chapter that I got phone calls from funeral directors on and i couldn't Mm -hmm. to me that was just so disappointing because it should be about so much more than that and what they were upset with me about was that i had put averages in there because that's all i could do because i was talking about the island of ireland and so what made me laugh was that they were upset that i had put averages in when they could be more expensive and I said, well, as long as you can show why you're more expensive, the family yeah. might still choose you. I mean, I, do, I can see a sh- handbag in JCPenney's for $5. I can see one in Chanel for $500. I, I right. don't, I'd even get yeah, <laughs> a I don't know where for $500. But, but anyway, you know where I'm going with it. So yes. as long as, you know, you can yeah. make some sort of, of a reasoning as to why... Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be cloak and dagger. It shouldn't be all behind the, like the Wizard of Oz. It shouldn't be like that. Yeah. And I think what you are doing is drawing back that curtain a little bit. there's two other points I want to touch on quickly before, before we go is you're, this is for cremation only. What are your thoughts on all the other methods of body disposition? So we have composting, we have water Mm -hmm. cremation, or there's about a hundred different names for that, unfortunately. And there are others coming down the road. What are your thoughts on it? And would you embrace them in the future in terms of for what you do for Irene?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So on on the topic of human composting, there's a name for it, but I can't remember what it was. I spoke to Katrina actually at Recompose a few months ago, and and she's doing incredible work. I think that Canada is always way behind on innovation and and new ideas and so I think it will be quite some time before that comes to Canada and is legally allowed I think it's only is it only allowed in Washington in the U.S. right now it's uh, I believe so I think she might have gotten a second state actually okay
0: she could have gotten a second state
1: so I think I mean I think that's really interesting I know so in in Ontario alone we are we are allowed to do bio cremation so alkaline hydrolysis or like you said there's many words to it I think there's about three providers that currently do it. So it's still relatively new. And then green burials, there's about, I think, four sem- cemeteries that currently offer that. And so for me, definitely starting with cremation, I think that as a society, we are going to become more eco-conscious or um, looking to find more eco-friendly options over the next 10, 20, 30 years. And and we've had a lot of people reach out asking if, if we're going to offer those eventually. So definitely top of mind for me, to expand our offerings i i likely i i mean i should never say never but i don't think that we'll ever get into like a traditional burial memorials i don't think that that will be a part of our services but i definitely want to expand in terms of more eco-friendly options because i think that's top of mind for a lot of people as they age so to me i think that people should choose to do whatever they would like to do. And hopefully we can offer those services. And if not, I hope that we can point them in the direction of, of who would offer that for them. I think just because of my upbringing, I'm not I even I was speaking to someone about human composting the other day and they were like what like they were just so freaked out about it and to me it's just like it's just like another day for me like I, I did a tour of a crematorium a few months ago and it was just to me I was just like oh this is really interesting because it's reality that's the yeah. thing for me this is reality there are incredible people behind the scenes making this all happen and I mean even to your point about funeral directors I have met so many incredible funeral directors who are in- so good at their job like this is a very niche job to be in and an incredibly difficult job to be in and so I mean I have I have respect for everyone in the profession but I also think that people should choose whichever disposition method suits them and as long as they're planning for it and thinking about it way in advance that's my biggest I'm a big advocate for just thinking about it and and putting those wishes in writing yeah just putting it in writing right Yes. I think that's you, super important.
0: You and I have a have a lot in common then Mallory. Yes, that's one of my absolute I am such an advocate of pre-planning. I've mine detailed out to the nth I know what cocktails what food who's saying what everything and I mean I'm only 38 and I've had that done for yep. 10 years so yeah that says a lot and I don't intend on going home anytime soon it's or you know yeah it's yeah.
1: important
0: you kind of touched on what I want to finish with which is you are very similar in thought to me in that my big things are digital environment and pre planning. Those are sort of three of my pillars that I focus mm-hmm. on. And you inter- incorporated the environment in the way that you could with Irene, in that you plant five trees for each family mm-hmm. that you get. That's incredible. Yep. I mean, tell me, yeah. tell me, but that. that's incredible. Yeah.
1: So my background at, previ- at my previous company, I spent the last year launching um, the Wealth Simple Foundation and a big part of, I mean, my, my I went to school for international development. So CSR and kind of ensuring that we are building a business within a mission, but also that gives back to society and to the environment is super important. And I'm I'm very cognizant of the environmental impact that we have um, by, ch- by offering cremation. Um, and so for me, it was a way to, I think, once again like I said give back to me it's like significant of new life and it's on behalf of the family so it it it, it was interesting I I think to me it was it was a no-brainer I think that Canada has beautiful forests and and I know that like I said environment the environment's on people's mind right so it was just like a small way that we felt like we could slightly offset our environmental impact I say slightly because obviously would be uh, would need a lot of trees to actually offset what we are doing but and kind of provide some type of thank you to families for choosing our services and 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 making them feel like they can also give back by by choosing Irene that's where we're starting I'm sure there's many other things that we can do in terms of kind of our corporate social responsibility initiatives but planting a tree just it felt it felt right it just it felt really really nice. Well
0: I think that is a beautiful way to end wrap up this episode (laughs) and I think it's fantastic i wish you all the best for the future with irene i will definitely be staying in touch and keeping a a close eye and hopefully getting to canada at some point i've never actually been to canada it's so (laughs) devastating oh my god no no you have to come i definitely will and so yeah the best of luck with it all and we will definitely have you on uh, the glam reaper
1: again soon yeah thank you so much for having me no worries well, what did we think of that? How
0: glam is Mallory? She's just so fab. Um, She's definitely one of my favorite guests on the Glam Reaper podcast, but let us know if you've got any favorite guests that you want us to interview at glamreaperpodcast at gmail.com and we'll talk to you soon.